Palestinian people. Friends, good morning and welcome to Central United Methodist Church today in the name of Jesus Christ. It is wonderful to see each and every one of you here today, whether you are worshiping with us in person here in the sanctuary or listening this morning by live stream. We're pleased that you've chosen to make Central a part of your day today and thank you for being here with us for worship. I hope on the way into the sanctuary this morning you uh, picked up a bulletin from our ushers. Uh, The bulletin is an excellent way to find ways to connect with God through Central. So I encourage you, read the bulletin and maybe find some ways to connect with God through Central today. Or any day for that matter. There's so many activities going on in the life of our church and our bulletin is a wonderful place to find some of those. You can always check out what's going on on our church website, which is centralmethodist.net. There's an online version of our bulletin there, and you can also sign up for emails to be sent to you, letting you know what's going on in the life of our church. Also on the way in this morning, you may have noticed on the usher tables a stack of Bibles. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one or you know someone who needs a Bible, please take one. That's what they're there for. Some announcements I lift up to you today. Uh, We do have a new Sunday school class that's being formed for young adults, being led by Catherine Jones. That class is meeting in room 275 upstairs in the education building. Um, Also, uh, our Wednesday night dinners resume September 7th. I know you'll want to put that on your calendar. Also, our next blood drive is September 15th. You can sign up for that now. Also on September 25th, uh, that is a Sunday, we are going to have a special music service here in the sanctuary services that day. That is going to be a, uh, we had commissioned for our 150th anniversary a special anthem. Um, For COVID reasons, we were not able to perform that anthem, but now we will have that anthem and it will be part of that day and it is, uh, so we'll hear its debut in our worship, and it will be part, and you can find details about that in your bulletin as well. We do also have some Bible uh, study opportunities that are coming, that are resuming. Um, our Courtney Graham Women's Bible Study will resume meeting at 9.15 on Monday mornings on September 12th. Our 27.17 Men's Bible Study uh, will resume meeting on September 20th, that's Tuesdays at 7 o'clock, and I'm leading a Wednesday evening Bible study, a short-term study, beginning September 14th, called The Song is the Story, and that'll be Wednesdays after dinner. We also have some ministry opportunities that I lift up to you. Um, If you may, maybe God is leading you to serve in a certain way, 
we are looking for new visitation team members. Those are people who will uh, make sure that those members of our church family who are unable to be in person at worship are still connected to the church. We're also looking to uh, revise and hopefully add to our list of people who are interested in driving the church minibuses uh, for church events and trips. And just so you know, you don't need any sort of special driver's license to be able to drive the buses legally in the state of South Carolina, but you probably want to be comfortable driving a bigger vehicle. But I do encourage you to think about and maybe pray about those opportunities. Well, friends, we gather this morning uh, with the risen Christ, so let us be open to his power and presence with us as we worship God now in spirit and in truth.
Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. Stir up your might. Now, as we are standing, let us say what we believe. We'll use the Apostles' Creed found in Selection 881 in your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Now, if you'll pray with me, our colic and the Lord's Prayer is found in your order of worship. Eternal God, who has revealed yourself to be our loving parent, grant that your family, devoted to your service and trusting in your protection, may not be left without your help in this life and may be prepared for the good things which are eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, now and unto ages of ages, we now pray as your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship whether you're here in the sanctuary or visiting us over the um, Internet, we are so glad that you're here with us and worshiping with us. We want you to join us in all the many ministries of this church. Anything is calling to you. We want you to participate. And if you have any questions at all about those ministries or about joining Central, please contact one of us, one of the clergy, next week, and we'd love to sit down and talk with you and and plan for you to join us. And now I'm... Oh, don't want to forget the fellowship pad. Please look at the end of your pew. Find that fellowship pad and sign it, if you will. And um, definitely, if you are visiting us, we want to know that. And if you want to visit or want to talk, we want to do that, too. So if you'll sign in, pass it along, and say hello to your neighbor, maybe meet somebody new, that would be wonderful. And now I'll call up our lay leader. Good morning. 
Today I'm reading from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verses 4 through 13. Hear the, Lord of the, hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your ancestors find in me, that they went far from me, and went after worthless things, and became worthless themselves? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in a land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through, where no one lives? I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruits and its good things, but when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, Where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, once more, I accuse you, says the Lord, and I accuse your children's children. Cross to the coast of Cyprus and look. Send a cedar and examine with care. See if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that can hold no water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Our epistle lesson today is from Hebrews. And I will be reading from the 13th chapter, verses 1 through 8, and then 15 through 16. So hear now the word of the Lord. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. Let marriage be held in honor by all, and let the marriage bed be kept undefiled, for God will judge fornicators and adulterers. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then 15 and 16. Through him, Jesus, then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our act of praise and response is from Psalm 81. You'll find it in Selection 803 in your hymnal, and I'll invite you to stand as you are able and join me. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. I hear a voice I do not know. 
In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. There shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. Please be seated, and I'll invite all the children to come down with Miss Brandy. Morning. Since Miss Meg is down here, I'm going to have her do help me do something. Will you go and every just count one, two, one, two, one, two. Remember your number, okay? Great. All right, you can sit down. Okay, so if you're number one, if you were number one, I want you to stay in your seat. But if you were number two, I want you to come sit up here with us, with me and Miss Meg. So number two, come sit right here. That was it? There were some twos? There were more twos? Right, you want to remember your number. This is important. Come on. All right. All right. So, guess what? My birthday is next week, and you have been chosen to come to my birthday party. I'm throwing myself a little birthday party this afternoon. And you guys are invited to come to my birthday party. I'm sorry y'all didn't get picked. Sorry about that. Here, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to give y'all some suckers. Here, just for getting to come to my party. Just Here, just grab one. It doesn't matter what color. Just here. All right, there you go. There you go. There you go. I'll even give Miss Meg one. So, are y'all excited about coming to the party? How does it make you feel? Yeah. Yes, Porter. Oh, okay. Good point. She's my daughter. Why can't she be invited? Well, that how does that make you feel that I didn't invite you to the party? Sad. Guess what? You guys, come on. Scoot all in. Everybody scoot in. Y'all are all, there is no party. If you want to send me some birthday wishes next week, you can, but there is no party. You are, I, I was just making a point. Scoot over, because guess what? The Bible, the Bible story that Pastor Thomas is going to tell. Oh, Sheffy, are you sad there was no party? No. Oh, okay. I am. <laughs> well, well, the party that Jesus went to, it was a big party. And back then, you were you were you showed how important you were by sitting near the person that's birthday or party that it was. So if it's my birthday, then the people that I chose to sit next to me, like Thomas and um, Francis Catherine, they were deemed the most important because they were sitting the 
Oh, I'm sorry. His name is Joel. Sorry, Joel. Thank you. Um, I keep losing my train of thought, and I can't imagine why. Um, okay, I got it straight now. So, but you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, it doesn't matter where you're sitting at the party. It matters how you treat other people. Hold on one second. So what matters is how we treat people. Because sometimes people may not look like us. They may not be the same as us. They may not dress the same as us. They may not live in the same neighborhood as us. But guess what? They are all God's children. And guess what God wants us to do? And this is for adults, too, because adults can listen to this part, too. We need to be friends and be kind to everyone, whether they live in our neighborhood or whether they go to our same school or whether they wear the same clothes as us. Because guess what? In the kingdom of heaven, when we go to live with Jesus, we're all going to be together. So the point of all of this lollipop and all of this party talk is that Jesus wants us to be kind to every one. So that is what I want you to do this week when you go out. Be kind to people that may not necessarily be your friends. Now, will you pray with me? Dear God, you love us all and want us all to be part of your party. Help us to remember that you are with us when we feel alone. And even when we don't, show us how to invite everyone to be a part of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all. Have a good week. And if you, you save them to when you, save them to when you get home with your mamas. Um, no. Okay. You may go to children's church now. If you are in, if you're in. Second grade, you cannot go. All right. All right, you can go. What grade are you in? All right, no, you got to go.
Please be seated. Our gospel reading today is from the gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter, the first verse in verses 7 through 14. Hear now the word of God. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come to you and say, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not sit Do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, today we're continuing in a series of sermons called Pillars of Faith where we look at through the scripture readings we hear during these weeks. We look at those ideas, those things on which our faith rests. And today we put our minds to sometimes we need to have faith enough to wait. In this morning's scripture... Jesus talks about those at an important dinner being seated in places of honor. Now, while we may find ourselves in a very formal occasion where such things like order of precedence and who sits where are important, probably we usually don't. But I suspect a, an experience common to many of us when we talk about who gets to sit where and what it means about your standing with those who are gathered, maybe those of us, maybe some of us anyway, can relate to big family get-togethers. Those meals where you have more people in a house than a house is designed to hold, yet everybody needs to find a place to sit. Maybe it's Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe it's the celebration of a birthday, but I have been in those situations where I've been gathered with extended family, and not only did my mother not get me go through, let me go through the line early enough to make sure I was able to get the piece of chicken I wanted, but I was then left with no other place to sit than that rickety card table on the porch. Don't know what that's called, right? That's the kids' table. Does your family have a kid's table? You go through the line and 
You know, you look through into the dining room with the nice dining room table and the nice dining room chairs. Grandparents get to sit in there, but not kids. Kids get the card table on the back porch or maybe have to balance a plate on their knees while their mothers are worried they're going to kick over their drink sitting at their feet on the floor. Friends, I am almost 48 years old. Almost. I'm not there yet. And there are certain gatherings where I have still not been welcomed at the dining room table. I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, it's not that I'm not important enough, it's I'm still deemed limber enough to balance a plate on my knees or eat on the card table that wiggles every time you try to cut your, your food. It's not that the people at the dining room table are really more important, but if I think about it, even now, at nearly half a century old, when I look into the dining room, I see seated there used to be my grandparents. Now it's my parents and their generation of family members. And it's not that they're more important than the rest of us, but it's they've earned it, sort of like a status symbol. You have a couple of grandchildren, you get to eat at the real table. That's just how it goes. Now, as I say, there's no true status of, of they're better than we are or anything like that. But we still have this idea sort of seniority. Uh, you've earned your place at the table. Jesus then, when he uses this sort of uh, metaphor in the parable he tells today, is talking about something that while it pulls on first century Jewish custom. It's something that's not entirely alien to us. But Jesus talks about those at the table sitting in places of honor. And he points out the natural human tendency to assume that we are one of those who needs to sit in one of those important places. Reminding us that maybe at times we think too highly of ourselves. While that element is certainly in this parable and its call to humility, I want us to focus on the last verses, verses 12 through 14, where Jesus lifts up to us not only what we think about our place at the table and where it ought to be, but he points out to us those who are not even at the dinner, the poor. The physically handicapped are the examples he uses. But they stand in for us in Jesus' words to remind us of those who are excluded. Those who are left out. Jesus first points out the issue of motivation. If all the best people are at your dinner party, Jesus says, it makes you look good. If you can say that such and so came to your home and ate at your table, that might give you status. If you invite certain people, they as well might feel obligated to invite you to their event and then you would get to be seen at the next big social event and everyone would know you were there, that you were included. Then you're seen at all the best parties with all the best people and the thinking goes, and people would think well of you. But then Jesus points out those who are excluded. And regardless of whether we're invited to all the best parties or not, I suspect that there 
are times that each of us has felt excluded. That we felt as if we are on the outside looking in. Most of you know that in addition to being a Methodist minister, I'm also the child of a Methodist minister. And one of those idiosyncratic things of the way the Methodist system deploys its clergy means that from time to time we move. We go to a different church than the one we'd served before, than we'd currently serving. And that happened to me three different times while I was in school. Three different times while I was working my way through from kindergarten to twelfth grade, we moved. Now in kindergarten it wasn't as big a deal. But we moved at the beginning of middle school and we moved again in the middle of high school. And I can tell you, there's nothing more intimidating to me than walking up to a school on the first day and seeing all the kids that are gathered out there just waiting for the bell to ring that allows them to go inside and not knowing where to go stand or who to go stand with or feeling like you stick out like a sore thumb because you're there by yourself not speaking to anyone. Or walking into a lunchroom where people who've been eating together since kindergarten are still eating together and not knowing which table to sit at or who to sit with and wondering if you go sit by yourself what that makes you look like to others. Now that's a preacher's kid's experience. But I can tell you on the other side of that experience, there is nothing like someone saying to you, you want to come sit with us? Someone walking up to you that first day gathering on the courtyard outside of high school and just saying, hey, and striking up a conversation, inviting you into the group. Having that feeling of exclusion, feeling like you're on the outside looking in, and then in an instant when someone shows true hospitality and welcomes you in, you're that feeling of that anxiety that it still stirs up in me a little bit to talk about can turn to joy in a moment. Knowing that you are welcomed, knowing that others want you around is a wonderful feeling. Sometimes, I think to varying degrees, all of us may have that feeling of being excluded. But if we're honest with ourselves, we also need to pause and ask ourselves, are we ever the ones doing the excluding? I wonder if any of you were familiar with the movie that's now considered a classic, I think, but the movie Forrest Gump. Do you remember that scene in Forrest Gump? Spoiler alert, if you've not seen Forrest Gump, if you've not seen the 30-year-old movie, and you don't want me to spoil it for you, put your fingers in your ears. But do you remember that scene when Forrest goes to school and he gets on the bus and every kid says to him, seat's taken. He walks to the next empty seat and the kid says, seat's taken. And that happens again and again until he goes to sit by Jenny. Do you remember this thing happened again when Forrest joined the army and he's on the bus to go to basic training? He said, seat's taken. Time and again, 
until he goes to sit by Bubba? Think about the message implicit in that, contrasted with the things Forrest did. Here we have a mentally challenged man who time and again no one seemed to recognize as any good, to expect anything from, or even want to be associated with. Yet, when he was a boy in leg braces, he taught Elvis how to dance. He grew up, he went to college and became an All-American running back at the University of Alabama. He earned a Congressional Medal of Honor for his service in Vietnam. He was a champion international ping-pong player. He invented recreational running. He was an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. And all the while, the people in Greenbow, Alabama, seemed to be completely ignorant of the man who lived among them and all he'd accomplished. Now, of course, it's all fiction. It's a movie based on a novel, which is also fiction. But I think it embodies a lesson that we might all do well to remember that the one who's excluded, whether we're the one that is being excluded or we're the one who perhaps unintentionally is doing the excluding, the one who's excluded still has a place at the table. And great things and unexpected things can happen when the one who's excluded is included. God can nevertheless do unexpected things in unexpected ways through unexpected people. The pillar of faith we consider today is that faith trusts enough to wait. That God, even if we feel as though God has, God has not overlooked us. You, friends, are a child of God. God loves you and calls you to join Him at the table. You may feel as if you're on the outside, but God invites you in to His body, His people, the church. You are welcome here. Whether you are here for the first time or whether you've been here since the day you were born. In these verses, Jesus draws on the social world in which he lived, sitting in the home of a high-status religious leader. But he's saying to them, those first hearers, as he says to us, when you reach out to those who are outside looking in, you are bringing God's children and including them in God's family. When you give out of Christian love with no exception of repayment, God honors you. God has not overlooked any of us. And neither should we overlook anyone else. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll bow your heads, we'll pray. Merciful Lord of all, God, as we prepare ourselves to consecrate not only our offerings, our gifts, but ourselves to your service, we ask that you use our actions and words, help us to use them without expectation of repayment. 
Lord, give us not only pure hearts of compassion, but grace also to receive the compassion of others. Lord, remind us daily that you value relationship with you and with one another above all else. And so we ask that you open our eyes to the need around us, not just for physical needs, but emotional ones. You have called us to hospitality, which includes welcoming everyone into community, not simply providing for others. This is hard for us, God, for we see ourselves as those who protect and provide for others. And sometimes we don't realize our own needs. And so you have given us this directive, not only for those who need, but for all of us, in order that we might lean upon one another, depend on one another, love one another. And for this gift, God, we are truly grateful. Lord, we pray for those we know and love and also for those who we will never meet. We pray for our friends and ask that you help us to pray for our enemies. We pray that our hearts are turned toward you and healed from any thoughts or desires that only cause harm. Lord, we pray that this compassion is unreasoning, forgiven, giving, and complete, just as we've all been the recipients of this type of compassion. And so hear now our silent prayers as we lift up the names of those who we know need your attention. And Lord, we are deeply grateful for your love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And and so now as we prepare our hearts to consecrate not only our gifts to offer them, but also ourselves, I'll invite our ushers to come forward.
And now, Lord, we ask that you bless these gifts and ourselves to your service. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Friends, leave this place knowing that you belong to God and inviting those you meet this week in ways, through words or actions, to know that they belong to God as well. Now may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the community of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.